0: Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs! And now, let's join our hosts!
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam and I am thrilled, delighted, over the damn moon to tell you that I'm joined again by my partner in crime, Matt.
2: Hey, mate, you are here. Back from yeah. sunny Portugal.
1: Yeah, how was it? <laughs> Do
2: you know what? I, I genuine, genuinely, and not, I'm not exaggerating, Sam, I did not see a single cloud, not even a little fluffy number going across the sky no. the entire week. And what made it even more enjoyable is looking on social media, seeing genuinely saw somebody say they were starting a fire in their lounge because it was so cold. like, <laughs> Damn. Brilliant. That's what I want to see. Yeah. You all suffering back here in England while I'm just sunning it up in Portugal.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that that's a charming way of looking at it. I look, I look, you you didn't focus on how great it was, nice and relaxing, great time with the kids. No, it was the fact you were rubbing people's faces in it.
2: Isn't it mate? We had we um, had a fantastic time, but what it always makes you that sweet, doesn't it? There's nothing worse than being on holiday abroad, spending all the money, Putting the kids on the aeroplane, all the stress that comes with that, going through the airport yeah. security, going through getting the taxis there and then realising that it's just as nice back in England.
1: <laughs> so I've got this, uh, yeah, funny on that, just a little sidetrack a second. So back when I was like 10 years old, so a long time ago no longer than I want to, yeah, like 26 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> wow, well, I didn't want to do that. Um, yeah, my uncle, uh, my my dad's brother, booked this massive holiday for his Family, his two kids, his wife, to go to Florida and the Sea World, and they wanted to swim with dolphins. It was the whole reason they were going. They were spending thousands. Wow! Uh, I know now it's not such a big deal. The world's kind of a smaller place, but twenty six years ago, that was you know you you yeah, were there. Of course, of that course, was yeah. like you know in in our in our kind of like you know in your road. Maybe there was that one family you did holidays like that. The rest of us, we went in a damn caravan. Right? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So I I was. I was going to Cornwall, Um, my dad, you know, that's where we were going, Um, anyway, we get down to Cornwall, St. Ives, and I'm in the water, you know, splashing around, and I can see my dad, like, going absolutely crazy, waving his arms from the beach, being 10 years old, I'm just, like, waving back, like, hey, dad, (laughs) you know, what the hell's wrong, and then I start to notice the people around me are moving back towards the beach, like, quite rapidly, so I'm like... Okay, I don't quite know what's going on. So I started sort of moving forward and I I think it was like my my auntie or someone was there and she came and took my hand and was like come on we're moving come on. I was like oh, I don't really know what's going on. When I got to the beach and looked back there were fins in the water. Wow. So everyone on the beach thought it was sharks. Right, sure. It wasn't. It was dolphins. No dolphins way. were yeah, so dolphins had like come into Cornwall into the beach seen people everybody knows dolphins just love people Yeah, <laughs> and they I were do. like they were like diving in and out of the water and so everyone like went back in and like so yeah i got these pictures of me about 10 years old um wearing a you know kangaroo poo wax factory t-shirt you all remember them people <laughs> um with like dolphins diving around in the background um, so we get back, and of course my dad thinks this is the biggest, most hilarious thing in the world. That His brother has spent all this money to go and swim with dolphins, spent an absolute fortune. We've just gone down to Cornwall for a weekend and we've done it as well. Yeah, sure. um, anyway, it gets even better because when my uncle gets back from there, when they arrived at this particular place, it had closed because the some some disease or something, the animals, no, so they was. didn't actually get to do it anyway.
2: <laughs>
1: if we just come down to Cornwall with us, mate, exactly. that's, you know, that's you the spend le- all our money, flash git. That's the lesson <laughs> uh, learned it, Sam, isn't it? It is, yeah. So there you go, that was a sidebar, but yeah, it always makes me laugh. Um, so, mate, we, we've got a few things to talk about on the show this week, so I want to sort of dive in, and I think, the obviously, the first thing we need to talk about is... What a fantastic point we took away from the Etihad.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it, with VAR, where it just felt like I'd celebrated... Well, the, the people were as weird because we were all Spurs fans in Portugal. Yeah. Uh, we were all celebrating like three goals, more or less. I mean, I know we only scored two, well, but there was three massive celebrations, you know? And <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because you know what's going to happen, don't you? Yeah. At some point in the next few years... Well, uh, we're we're going gonna to score man. against. We're, we're going to score a 92nd <laughs> yeah. minute goal, goal against Arsenal, aren't we? To make it two one, yeah. and that's going to get ruled out. You know, so yeah. these things do come around, but yeah, it, you, you just got to enjoy them. And you know, for 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 man- man City to have, you, you know, what I'll, I don't know if you listen to. Um, so I obviously watch match day, like I'm sure most people do, and uh, yeah. there's also the uh, top the, the official Tottenham. Uh, TV isn't there where they sort of yeah, have a yeah, commentator that does TV, it, yeah. yeah, and 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 the guy obviously he's he, he needs to sound a, a fairly impartial, but you could hear, you <laughs> he could tries, hear the, yeah. yeah he tries, but you could you can kind of hear the disappointment disappointment in his voice when um uh Jesus scores the, the winner in the inverted comments at the end, yeah. but he as you're as you're watching it he's go, he's saying something like. There was VAR drama last year where there's no way this, there's nothing that can rule this one out, and you know ah. you just, because obviously you know, don't you? It just, yeah. it just, it just makes it so like it's, a, it's a really weird thing that's obviously only happened since VAR has come in. But I never thought I would get so much pleasure in watching an opposition team score a goal because I just ah. love it. I just love watching it. I could like I can, I just love the the curl as it goes in. And I just because I know it's going to get ruled out,
1: <laughs> just,
2: you just get so much enjoyment out it, of it.
1: it. This podcast is not painting you in a good light today, Matthew. I tell you, you you are coming across as a real vindictive son. Uh, listen, uh, <laughs> you I'm... are taking pleasure from other people's pain
0: right now.
2: <laughs> listen, it was it's their pain, but it was our pleasure, wasn't it? It was just uh, um... you, you know we like my, my little boy that like, we was in a, we was in a sports bar watching it, and uh, yeah. when when the goal went in, he went. Come on, there. let's go. And funny enough, probably because I'd had a few beers, so I was yeah. w- wanted to kind of sit where I was. I wasn't ready to jump up straight away. But I genuinely, right, and I say this genuinely, it, at the time when, when the goal went in, I thought, right, 3-2. I was thinking, do you know what? It's, I didn't feel as sick as I should have done, I guess, um, oh, wow. losing the last minute. But because I thought... They were the, they overall, they were the, I mean the stats. Sh- the most of the stats show they were the better team, but yeah. I, I feel like we had a, a fairly decent go at it. But I mean, you're playing Man City at Man City, aren't you? I mean, this is a team that I think what, had won their last 14 in a, in a yeah. row at home. It's so so tough, and I thought we'd give it a blooming good go, you know. And yeah. like we did give it the best go we could, and I was thinking, like, you know, it's a sick now, but you know, we tried our best. It wasn't like so, we've gone there and got rolled over, you know.
1: Well, it's it's a funny thing, and it's perspective, I think, and I think one of the things that we struggle with as a fan base is um, finding our feet with who we are now. Because um, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of fans, me and you included, who basically, the core of our uh, watching experience of Tottenham was the 90s, the early 2000s, which basically means anytime time we pick up a point or three points, me and you are delighted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. seriously, for like 10 to 15 years of our lives, just winning the damn game or being <laughs> in the game, scoring a goal was like, yes! <laughs> I'll take that. So, yeah, so for us, it's kind of like this weird thing now where we're trying to find our feet now in this kind of element of, we are a top four club. We are, with the stadium as well, an elite club. Hell, last season, we were the second best team in Europe. Pep mm. Guardiola wanted to drive that point home every time someone had a pop at in the other day. Yeah, sure. It's like, well, that... All of a sudden, it feels weird to us. I think. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm speaking for us in general, but I think it, it still is taking a little bit of getting used to. And we've got a generation of Spurs fans as well who are older. Now they to watched Tottenham say in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and they are used to picking up trophies. They yeah. they they their core years of supporting the club was trophy laden, uh, mostly cup competitions, because we've never been like a big league winning team. So with that in mind, they, they've kind of got a different perspective as well. And now we've got the younger generation who are watching Spurs and they have literally only had the Daniel Levy era. So let's say you've only watched Tottenham from Martin Yole onwards or Harry Redknapp onwards. You've got a very different perspective on who we are as a club compared to me and you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: And I th- And I think... Part of that comes now to this Man City game because I saw so much stuff about, you know, if we think we're a big club, if we want to be a big club, we were battered. They're so much better than us. You know, all of these things that were said. And I kind of thought to myself, I think the only reason why that take exists is because it's an English club and we're playing in the Premier League. Mm. Now, if you imagine now that this was a Champions League tie and it wasn't Manchester City but that game was away to juventus or that game was away to barcelona real madrid one of the big european teams which manchester city are
2: absolutely if they are probably the biggest i'd suggest with the amount of money they've got
1: the the pundits the fans everybody would say that was a perfect european performance mm-hmm. because you came away with a point you took the chances when they were offered. Literally, there were a couple of chances, and we took them. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, the VAR thing is is a separate debate because that goal by the rules. So let let's just clarify the rules straight away. The handball rule to to remove all doubt this season has been clarified to this: if the ball touches the arm, that hand which is classed as handball, you know, below the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it leads to a goal. The goal's disallowed. It doesn't matter if it's accidental. It doesn't matter if the ball was smacked into an arm from like five millimetres away. That's the rule. Hard and fast. Everybody knows it. Everybody knew it before the season started. It is the rule. Is it fair? Completely different debate. You know, genuinely, it's a completely different debate. Is it the rule? Yes. Therefore, was it a goal? No. No. Mm. That's it. it yeah. It's simple. It's like it's like he he punched it into the net. It's not a goal, so it's simple. Now, whether the linesman flagged for it, the ref flagged for it, or VAR picked picked up, it makes no difference. So the game was a two-two draw. You know the whole VAR thing. That's what people want to focus on. That's no, nothing. It wasn't a goal. If it was offside, no one would be batting an eyelid. Yes. So-
2: <laughs> See, that's that's the thing, Sam. Because what they what they've done, the, the reason why they've done this uh, is because they want to take they want to almost make a handball. In the same bracket as offside, so yeah. you're not yeah. you're not watching it thinking did he did he mean to do it or did he not mean exactly, to do it? Yeah. It's literally it's either handball or it's yeah. not handball. So if yeah. if it touched the hand, it's handball or the arm, yeah. and if it didn't, it didn't. Exactly the same with of offside. So literally yeah. the 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 guys the, the VAR, var guys who are watching it in the monitor on the monitors, yeah, um, back in where, where are they in Heathrow, wherever they are, yeah. but yeah. but they, they they're literally they can interpret it. They're trying to get it so they can interpret exactly the same as offside, yeah. and, that, yeah, it's and that's why they're white. It. Yeah, black and white exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's yeah. not coming down to an opinion anymore. No. that, no. that particular thing is not opinion based, and that's why they've changed the rule. Now, over the course of the season, I think all of us are going to be frustrated at some point by yes. this rule. Yes, I think penalties are going to be given. I think you know different things are going to happen over the course of the season that is going to frustrate us. Um, but I think, like I said, whether the rule is, in our opinion, correct, etc, that's a side, that's a different discussion. But for the actual game, we, like, I think perhaps if people put it in that mindset, which is imagine Man City were one of these big European teams, imagine we were a team travelling to Man City from it. We've picked up a point at one of the the big clubs, one of the big at one of the most informed teams, and yet people are being super critical. And I'm kind of, I kind of sat back all week just sort of reading it thinking, I I don't understand the mentality of it. You know, if it's picked up a point away, I I, I don't get it. I'm fascinated. I'd love to know what people think because are people thinking to themselves that because we didn't go there, go toe-to-toe with them, you know, it wasn't an even game. We don't deserve to be considered a big club. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost. I don't. I don't follow that, yeah, yeah, uh, you know and genuinely i I don't because I've watched football for all my life. I've seen Manchester United who dominated you know you you'll remember there were two three years in this country, man United won the league before it even started, yeah, um, you know yeah. a few teams challenged them with air quotes, but. Whenever they look like, oh, you know, so-and-so's getting a bit close, all right, we'll start hammering people 6-0 every week, you know. <laughs> they just they just had this other gear to everyone else for a few years, and then then clubs kind of caught them and clawed them back. But I remember them in Europe struggling like hell, like going away to teams, because they'd go there and try and play the Man United way, and they'd get picked off. <clears throat> And what we've learned last season, and we showed it in the Champions League, is that when you go away to these teams that are so dominant on the ball, so... Good, really. I mean, Manchester City are a phenomenal football team. Their their fans' behaviour because of VAR really disappointed me, and there's a lot of incidents happened at the stadium, which are really sickening. Uh, I know one female Spurs fan was punched in the face by a teenage boy. Uh, An eight-year-old Spurs fan, a young girl, was being spat on by two men, Man City fans. Like loads of incidents like that have been reported. The club are dealing with it, the trust are dealing with it you know var thing i mean it's just sickening i hate that in football yeah um,
2: do, do, do you know what sam i, I, I listen yeah. i'm not don't i promise you this isn't me condoning any this behavior because i think it's yeah. absolutely disgusting and boring Like you know people behaving like yeah. that i i what i would say though is um when you when you're at, when you're at the stadium uh because obviously like you know being a season ticket holder I'm, I'm at a few games and uh yeah i i i Obviously, you know I, I haven't been to a. I missed the Villa game, but uh, I've going on going on Sunday to the Newcastle game. But I've yeah. se- seen a few cup games as well over the last few years. It's got the VAR in it, and um, when you, when you're at the stadium, I think something they need to look at is making the v, these VAR decisions clearer on, on um, for the fans because because you, yeah. you, when you I know I mentioned this you know last year when we was talking about VAR on the podcast yeah when you when you're watching it on TV. It's so much clearer because you you know you're getting replays of the of the incident and that. Yeah. But you just you, you feel you feel conf- confusion. That's probably the best way to describe it. You feel confusion. Like, what the hell? Is, what anger, the hell is yeah. going on? Yeah. And and that creates anger. And look look. Again, I'm not saying that they sh- anyone should have behaved the way they should. Yeah. I just think that it it creates it it does create that anger and that that confusion and frustration. You know. Yeah. And yeah. and I, and I'm wondering whether if there's anything they can do. You know, like yeah. whether they whether it's a, whether they can put them on the. I just think they need to. The fans that are there need to be kind of more, uh, kept more up to yeah. date, as as yeah. everyone watching I mean, it is. You know,
1: it is still evolving. I mean, in rugby, initially they didn't display it on the screens. You just had the referee stood there listening to TMO. Um, but the way the way technology has changed in different sports is they like, for example, cricket. Anyone who's watching the Ashes at the moment. They replay it on the big screen. Yeah. So if you're watching it on T V, you'll hear the crowd cheer or Absolutely, boo if, yeah. if the thing. So they're basically watching along with the decision. So they can see it being made and they can understand how it's being made. Why, you know, oh, hang on, why is it taking so long? Oh, yeah, look, that's really close. He's replaying it two or three times. And if you, you're you in the crowd and you've got one of those little earpieces in, you can hear what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether you want to start thinking about selling those at grounds, you know, every club's got their own commentator. Maybe clubs that will consider selling those earbuds so people in the crowd can have them in and, you know, you pick up on the commentary or, you know, you can just tune into it. VAR is going, oh, well, what's being said? Do you, I don't know. Yeah, no. Do you know Sam? Yeah.
2: Sounds, sounds like a, that. Sounds like a really good idea. And uh, right. look, uh, we're we, we you know we're talking about our, our age, and you know I, I know we're not we're not cut of old fogies yet, are we? But we're um, no, you give, know we, give we're give not a year. we're not youngsters anymore.
1: You? No. Oh but, yeah, get this. I'm thirty six, right? right? I was doing a, a medical thing yesterday, and I was described. As nearly forty.
2: Okay, well I am forty, mate. So you know, I'm, I'm yeah, not going to take yeah, any yeah. offence to that.
1: When, when you, when you, when you were thirty six, were you described as nearly forty? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, yes,
2: Man, go on. I, I I know that you you kind of the older you get, the the less the less you're kind of um the, the less you you embrace change. Shall we say, you know, so <laughs> you like I like yeah, it I my know. way, yeah. but I, I I I feel like I'm one of these people that. I don't feel like that's happening to me. Like I, I uh, I'd, I'd like that. I think the thing is, we've complained for so many years about uh, players cheating. Like you know, the, the most famous handball cheat I can think of in my mind is that that. Uh, one Thierry Henry did against yeah, the Ireland in yeah. the in the qualifiers.
1: denied Ireland. The it world was cut. just They're it beautiful.
2: was. Can you, can you imagine being an Irish fan and just watching it? And it was so blatant, wasn't it? And it was just it was he just he cheated, yeah. you know. So I I I think that VAR overall will be a good thing. But like you said, it's 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 in it's early days for it. They're, 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 they're kind of feeling it. It's, it's been around, hasn't it, for a couple of seasons, you know, in the Cup and things like that. But obviously, yeah. this is the first season in the league, which is why it's going to get uh, the headlines probably most of the season. Yeah. But, but you're probably right. Uh, although... Like here's is an example the Leicester the Leicester game uh, against uh, we played against uh, Leicester in the, the last game of last season wasn't it five four yeah, not the one yeah. season season before. oh yeah the mental one yeah though. the mental one where it, just, it was like, that was like the old days wasn't it yeah and, and I can remember uh, someone getting criticised for coming down the stairs with, with a box of popcorn you know oh, oh that's not yeah. all we should do at football you know eating popcorn while you watching that's not what I did. But but, but the game's moving on, isn't it? The game's moving on. People are moving on. Society's moving on. Everyone's moving on. So it's not going to be someone holding one of those rattles that swings around while smoking a fag. You know, it's not... Then We're moving on. So having an earpiece, although that probably would have sounded mental even five years ago, I think... Would probably be a good idea because, like you say, if there are VAR decisions being made, then yeah. if you've got that earpiece in, you're you're almost like you're at home, aren't you? You're yeah. you're good. You're you're keep, you're being kept up to date as much as someone at home with the commentators. So yeah. I think that's a good. I think that's a good idea. And and like you say, I, th- I think the cricket the cricket mould where the fans are seeing it live yeah. with, yeah. with the, I, I think that's healthy. where it should go because that I think. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that would have stopped those idiots behaving the way they would but it may have softened the anger slightly because I know they've all gone yeah. mental and then they realise the goal's not, but at least they're, they're, they're not confused and going, what What the hell is, I mean there was a, there was a shot of Aguero uh, wasn't there, after, so yeah. he's, he's, him and Pep have had their embrace, Pep telling them, yeah. there you go I made yeah. the right decision, both looking like complete mugs and then yeah. uh, Aguero sits down and he's got this look on him like, what the hell is going on, whereas well, I, if it had been, been live, he wouldn't have, like most fans, he wouldn't have been like that, would he?
1: I think also quite possibly the, the handball rule change created a lot of anger because I don't think everybody's even aware of that change going into the game. I certainly don't think about 10,000 Man City fans who were going mental or, you know, or then saying, well, clearly that's not deliberate, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's
1: difficult. But, um, yeah. mate, um... Obviously you weren't here last week. Um uh, my friend Stefan stepped in, did a did an okay job, you know. You'd have to call him
2: Stepping Stefan, wouldn't you?
1: Step in Stefan. <laughs> oh it's got he's got his own name. <laughs> oh mate, well done. You got Matt with his stats and Stepping Stefan. There we go. And Sam Sam the dirty old man. No, no, shut up. That's a yeah, childhood flashback. Uh, but basically you weren't here, so <laughs> Uh, we, we had like this situation where uh, I said you're not here and I said obviously Matt Stats isn't on this week and I saw our listening figures just drop at oh, that moment. Oh, well, so, what can you say? My friend, I'm delighted to say, and for everybody listening, it is the return, once again, of Matt Stats.
0: And now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast.
2: Well, I, th- I thought I'd focus this week on one of our new signings.
1: Okay. T- ten- t- is it Tangu Tengu- Tengu- Ndombele? Oh God, How do we God, God dude, first? I'm from Bristol, though. <laughs> uh, his name is Mr Ndombele. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Tanguy yeah. is it Tanguy I believe it is Tango undombele there we go we but, call him that shall we um, I am probably butchering that like I was butchering yeah um, on our first show I was saying La Celso uh, La Celso I wasn't getting it it is Celso I thought it was so like, but I, I, so I, like, I pronounced like an S <laughs> okay. yeah La Celso Cuz I I Which, thought it was La Celso
2: but I thought you're the man that's always in the know, no, so I thought no, I'll go I, with your your pronunciation.
1: Nah, dude, I was butchering it. <laughs> butchering um it. but yeah, but I, the problem is now it's La Celso in my head. I keep thinking it's like some sauce that goes on a Mexican Yeah, dish, it's a good, La Celso. It? Yeah, that's hey, <laughs> hey, pass me the bottle of La Celso. I Yeah, I La can't Celso. get it out of my head. No. I love it. But anyway, if there, stats, if there isn't it, if
2: there isn't a sauce that's called cool, that's um is a there's an opening in the market there for you mate.
1: There is. I'll make a note of that. Earpieces <laughs> and Salso sauces. There, there we go. we we'll this time 10, next year, we'll be millionaires, mate. Yeah, this <laughs> time next week,
0: Rodney.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, this 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 first one made me feel old. Um, he was born on the twenty eighth of December, nineteen ninety six. Now, I, I was in, uh, I was working full lots. time. I was working full time when he was born. I mean, that's just
1: 1996
2: like nineteen ninety six. was Euro ninety six. Yep. Euro ninety six. Yep. That gun. He was. He was. He was just—he he was in his mother's tummy when we was when we was banging four past the, the Netherlands, you the know. The
1: Dutch, yeah. My <laughs> my father's third wedding. God, what a fun year that was. Yeah, go on. We're go getting old. On on, on. Right.
2: depressing. Though. And here we go. With, say with pronunciations. He was born in Longjumeau. Longjumeau.
1: Why you say so?
2: <laughs> Why couldn't he be born in Croydon? Yeah, <laughs> selfish little kid. Yeah. He? So he started his uh, senior career at Amiens. Um, He made 22 appearances, scoring one goal for their B-side, and then made 34 appearances, uh, scoring two goals for their first team. He attracted the attention of Lyon, who uh, took him initially on loan uh, in 2017, and then signed him permanently a year later for €8 million. He made 96 appearances for them, uh, scored three goals, two two of them being in the Champions League. Only one league goal, which is uh, quite low, considering he scored one already for us, and Two games in, so
1: Yeah, I think that possibly suggests don't everyone expect him to bang them in. Yeah, exactly. remember, remember Moussa Dembele scored on his debut as well. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> or even
2: Victor Wanyama against Liverpool. I mean, they're one-offs, Exactly, aren't they? yeah. They're <laughs> one-offs. <laughs>
1: yeah, when, when they happen, great, but don't rely on it. <laughs>
2: Exactly, exactly. I'm He's... just
1: happy you can shoot better than Sissoko. Let's do yeah. that one. God, he, 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 Sissoko needs a goal. He went for a damn throw-in,
2: man. Oh, God, yeah. I just... <laughs> can, can he get away with saying that it was a cross? Or... No.
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I can't stop. Go on, Carol. Oh, I'm it's a, it's laugh a, about it, that again.
2: It's the Sissoko we we know and love, isn't it? You know. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> something like that. It's just... It is
1: just banter FC, FC on. It's like, how did you get good at like this whole taking, transitioning from defence to attack thing, but then the ball comes to you around the box and you can almost hear the whole crowd go, oh, go on, shoot, go yeah. on, we need a laugh, yeah. go on.
2: It's the same, do you um, remember oh, Didier Zekoura? He was the same, wasn't he?
1: Mate, I remember him so well, and that's yeah. who I think of every time. <laughs> it's like Bambi in the headlights. <laughs> I remember Sakura in the League Cup final going through one-on-one with Peter Cech. And everybody was just like laughing their heads off before we'd even got close to shooting. Everyone was like, "I know where this is going to go. No, this is not getting the goal. <laughs> no, this ain't going in." But anyway, yes, uh, Dumbelle. Dumbelle,
2: right? So he's played six times for France, which uh, isn't bad really as, no? as a twenty-two-year-old. Right. So I looked. to uh, I found this site that had a, a comparison of. Um, Ndombele last season at Lyon and our mm-hmm. defensive midfielder. So they basically compared him to winks Winx, Dyer, and Wenyama. Okay. And uh, I picked out, I mean, there's probably, I mean, you can, endless amount of, of uh, a, a stats you can look at, but I picked out a few that makes him stand out. So uh, mm-hmm. games they played. So Ndombele was 34, Sizoko 29, Winx 26, Dyer 20, Wenyama 13. Assists, uh, Ndombele seven, seven assists. Which, for a defensive midfielder, is pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sizoko three and Winks Dyer and Wanyama big fat zero uh, passes per game. You're looking at 58 from Ndombele. Uh, the next closest Dyer 54, Winks 53, uh, Sizoko 47, and Wanyama 25. So yeah, he's yeah, not he's not known for his passing. Um, no. Chances created per game, 1.4 for Ndombele. Sizoko, 0.4 Dyer, 0.3 Winks, and 0.2 Wenyama. Uh, Dribbles attempted per game. Now, obviously, um, these are these are like attacking stats, but for a defensive midfielder, I think they're pretty impressive. Uh, 2.7 dribbles uh, per game, and next down Sizoko, 2.5. and that's why we love him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 0. 0.9 for Winks and Wenyama, and 0. 0.4 for Dyer. But, you know, Dyer's never been one for, for dribbling, has he? No, no,
1: that's nah, not, it's his, not game, his game. It's not
2: his game, is it? And uh, tackles per game, uh, 1.9 from Dombele. Obviously, this is a this is a, a, a big defensive midfielder stat. Uh, next one, closest Dyer, 1.3. And again, you know, we, we we look at Dyer, who's not, you know, a dribbler, but you, you look at him more as a tackler and he's, he's, he puts in more tackles than Dyer per game. 1.2 uh, yeah. Cizoko, 1, okay. 1 when a man, 0. 0.9 Winks. So, yeah. you know, it's he's, he's, he's some impressive stats there for him, and yeah. that's why we paid 52 million euros more than Leon paid for him the season before. I think as that sort of shows you. But you know, obviously, we were talking about the Man City game and the, the stats in in the game. I mean, you, you can't find one. I think overall, where we, I mean, the the, the passes we were only about. 100 short of, of uh, Man City when when, when you look <laughs> yeah. at the amount of shots there normally when you see a team with such a, a skewed amount of shots yeah. the passes go along with it don't they but yeah, it, it yeah, does in do. this occasion which shows that alright oh, we were dominated in our half but we still we still played our game you know but uh, Ndombele's stats in, in that game were very impressive. You know, got, you're got looking yeah. at 100% dual success, 100% dribble success, 100% tackle success, uh, yeah. 87% pass success, 66 touches, 39 passes completed, 10 duels won, 5 tackles won, 4 dribbles completed, and 1 assist, which isn't, isn't bad, is it?
1: Yeah, and I don't think we're seeing the best of him yet. I think no. he is still really adjusting because there were times in that game where he looked dead on his feet. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think... Uh, yeah, I think things are only look up. there's only a plus side to him. You know, 22 years old. Yeah, massive, massive signing for us. I, I think he really is going to be good for us.
2: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, you know, Leon got an absolute steal, didn't they? Getting in for eight million. And
1: oh, yeah, massively. Even
2: even then, I mean, obviously they had the they had the the option to buy, it and even then yeah. they probably would have. If it wasn't an option to buy, it, they would have paid a lot more anyway. So they they got a steal at the time, you know.
1: Yeah, they got a great deal, um, yeah. but I mean, it's the same thing, though. I mean, he's kind of like the raw talent when they got him, mm-hmm. um, but they've developed him into a player, where and he's developed himself into a professional, where you know it looks like he's ready to sort of take Europe by the scruff of the neck.
2: Absolutely,
1: that, you know, and and I hope so. I hope so because he's the kind of guy who you can see has the ability to change a game just through power in possession, finding a pass, because he has got that which. Our other midfielders probably don't. You know, Winks is all about keeping the ball moving, making himself available constantly, uh, retaining possession, which is fantastic. Uh, Dyer is all about breaking up play and positionally covering the fullbacks. Wanyama was just a destroyer. Um, you know, he literally just—that's all he did. You know, I'm talking about fit Wanyama. Unfortunately, we've not seen that for a while. Um, but yeah, and Dembele appears to have that, but also the ability to thread a ball through like the eye of a needle. Mm-hmm. I've seen him do it a couple of times already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's really, I think he's going to make a massive difference. You can see why Pochettino identified him number one target. That's all I want. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, is that all for Matt Stacks? That
2: is mate. That's all.
1: Okay. I, I just want to throw a, a little thing just, just to finish our discussion on the Man City game. Um, and it is a kind of a stat which it's been making me laugh. So anyone uh, who's picked up a newspaper, read anything online, would have seen since the Man City game they had thirty shots on our goal. And the overall narrative is how we were absolutely dominated, decimated, destroyed. You know, they, everyone knows that that was the narrative. The week before we obviously beat Aston Villa at, at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I've got to try and get into the habit of saying that. <laughs> Um, I do. Every single time I was like, at the lane, I'm like, no, I've got to stop it. You know, come <laughs> on, bad sound. Um, and we had 31 shots, but the narrative was that we scraped it. And it just, it's kind of strange to me. And, and I think it's something that we as fans need to try and take a step back from. Is that... Pundits and analysts and stuff like that can actually push a narrative onto us without us even realising where we buy into this kind of, oh god, we're so crap, we scraped past Villa, we were hammered by Man City, but actually if you take a moment and and look at that, we we dominated the Villa game. Uh, They were set up on a counter. They got a a goal from the counter. We were poor defensively, but they got a goal. They were set up to do that, and they did well. But we won that game 3-1. We did dominate the shot stats, and we dominated more than Man City did when they were so dominant and unbelievable against us where we picked up a point away. So I think it's easy to have these agendas and these kind of narratives pushed on us, and I think sometimes we all need to take a step back Look at the actual facts and figures almost and kind of go, well, yeah, you're saying we scraped past. But if you're using the shots as an indicator for Man City being so amazing, why didn't we use that last week? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so just, yeah, just take a step back sometimes. I think it's very easy to be dragged into this kind of everything is negative
2: yeah, do you know what I'd be interested as well, Sam? Talking about the Villa game as well and how they set up. Mm. You know, like like a lot of teams do to sort of play on the play on the play on the counter. Yeah. But I've just pulled up the stats. I know I mentioned it a few minutes ago, but I've just pulled up the stats on the Man City game, and yeah. we we uh, so they completed. 551 of 610 passes and we yeah. completed 425 of 506 attempted passes so yeah. you look at the difference of about 100 attempted passes but if we'd have set up like us I, 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 don't, I can't find, pick up the, the stats on the Villa game but I guarantee that the, the passing was far lower in comparison yeah. to Wales you know so we haven't gone there to set up have we in that way no, we've, we've, we've no, set up to all. play we've... but we're just playing a team that are just on another planet yeah, when it comes yeah. to ability, you know, at we, home as well.
1: We went there to get a result. Yeah, yeah. We, we went there to play football, get a result. And we, we just threw up against a bloody good team. Let's face it, wanted to hammer us because of what happened in Europe. They were up for that game. Don't get me wrong. Man City will play very well all season. There will be a few times they will be that good because Mm -hmm. they were up for that. Of course. Um, Just before we move on, one special mention quickly to Raheem Sterling. Um, Raheem Sterling's in phenomenal form. As a young man, he appears to be a great role model. Uh, I I really warmed to him over last season um, in the way he was speaking out against the press. Um, Tottenham official Twitter account, following the result, tweeted the picture of the VAR and just like a sort of a wry smile, like, oh, no... (laughs) And Raheem Sterling actually replied to the tweet with a gif and the gif said, I I see this, it haunts my nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you know, he's come away from the pitch, come away from the emotion, calm down and gone, I can't believe that's happened again. And and he's he's had a laugh, he's had a smile, he's had a joke about it. And that really is kind of where people need to be. Because I, yeah. if the professional footballer, whose career, livelihood, and everything, can walk away and do that, you know, fans, we really need to get into that. You know, get into that kind of yeah. Oh my God, I can't believe that's happened. Ah, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> life goes do, on. do you know
2: what he's he's um, he's doing himself a lot of favors recently? I mean, I, I saw the uh, didn't Liverpool play Men's? City... Oh, when was it? Liverpool played Men's City. Uh, in was it a friendly or something? And he he went up to the Liverpool fans afterwards. And obviously after what's happened, mm. you know he he's going to be really hated, isn't he? Because like you know, yeah, got, yeah, but he's yeah. obviously trying to build bridges, and he, he could easily be one of these players that could just be vindictive like i'm on yep. what, 300 grand a week i don't give a shit do you know what i mean and you can yep. hate me as much as you like but he actually is making an effort to sort of build bridges and and to yeah you know and and like you say with, with that with that tweet he, he could have easily gone the other way and been yeah, like yeah, a lot of the fun. salty man city fans that we've seen on twitter uh, well on a number days.
1: of their players posted quite aggravated and quite wound up stuff yeah but he didn't. No, he, he took he hats took a to. route of humour to yep. to defuse it, and it was perfect. Yeah, was hats great. off to Yeah. Um. So we do have Newcastle, like you said. You're going to be there this Sunday. Yes. Uh, it's a home game. Uh, Newcastle United is going to be live on Sky Sports. Four thirty kickoff. Um, the first thing I want to mention is the referee. Okay. Mike fucking Dean has been appointed. <laughs> oh, are you
2: kidding? Oh, God, why did you uh, tell me that? I'll see if I can sell me ticket now.
1: So, so basically, <laughs> this is the first game of ours he's taken charge of since Mauricio Pochettino and Jesus, because that's why I call him. It's more than one. Accused, basically, accused him of being a cheat. That's right. And yeah. a liar. And. There was a pretty serious confrontation, which Pochettino apologised for, but then got banned for two games, despite being told if he apologised publicly, it would only be one. There's a lot of tension there. Um, Now, I know for a fact our manager's going to play that down, because that's what he'd do. Um, And he's obviously not going to be stupid enough to go into the game going, oh God, not this guy again, because why would you antagonise him before he referees our game? Of course but the problem we have and a very real problem is the fans. Because the fans are going to want to have a go at him. And I don't blame them <laughs> at all. I'd probably be singing Who's the Wanker in the Black constantly. Um, but it is going to be difficult. It's going to be interesting. I, I think it kind of adds a little bit to this game which is annoying because of course every decision is going to be scrutinised beyond hell. Um I don't know. I I don't understand when a referee and a a manager... I know from the Premier League's point of view, it's, look, we can't permanently rotate him off of all Tottenham games. It doesn't work like that. But what happens now if the guy in this game gives a blatantly crap penalty or or something and Pochettino loses his mind again or he sends somebody off, which is very Mike Dean... It just for me. It's like asking for trouble when you don't need to.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's like you say. At some point, he's got a referee one of our games again, and yeah. I mean, you know, there could be a lot worse games that he could referee. <laughs> well,
0: could, there could be a, like it. a London
2: der- like a London derby for one. So yeah. I, I, I hope that my hope is that, it's, that the our performance means that he's yeah. not even given a second thought
1: well that that's kind of yeah you're absolutely yeah. spot on Our, we need to dominate the game we need to dominate the score sheet and we need to take him out of the equation yeah sure um, we, we used to talk about it a lot when I was playing rugby and that was just take the ref out of the equation mm. if we've won the game by 40, 30, you know 50 odd points nothing the referee can do about that you know if we, if we think he's having a bad game take, take him out of the equation yeah, yeah. um and and that's what they need to do um you dominate the game you do it well enough that, you know there's TV cameras there's assistant refs there's VAR now you take him out of the game yeah. you know it, it's done and it's almost better that way, and then you can all shake hands with him afterwards. A big smiles, like yeah, you know, yeah, go absolutely. go f yourself, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's definitely the way to go for me. But the Newcastle game is going to be interesting. Newcastle haven't started well. Um, they've got a few players that are quite dangerous though, and I think they, without any doubt in my mind, will try and mirror Aston Villa in terms of playing it long over our high back line because they've got some pace, and they will set up to frustrate us and try and counter. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to unlock them uh, Ericsson of course still with us at the moment uh, La Salso could well make his debut proper um, a home debut so yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, man.
2: Yeah, and you know, obviously, we, we, we've talked a little bit about Ndombele in my stats, but yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a player that I mean, when when Erickson hasn't played, yeah. we've looked like we haven't been able to create anything. So now we've got like a we've got a defensive midfielder who can create these chances, yeah, yeah, and create these chances. So yeah, I, I, he might be he might be what we was missing. I mean, because there was a lot of games, especially last season. I mean, I can remember going to. I think it even was the Newcastle game at Wembley, and then there was two of them in a row: Newcastle and Watford. Except to yeah. both of them, and I know it was late in the season, and you can't, you know, players are tired at that time of the season, so you can't kind of compare to sort of where we are now. But they they set up to to, to frustrate, and yeah. if if, if, yeah. if memory serves, I think we we won one beat Newcastle one 0 towards the end with yeah. Sunny goal, and there you go, Sunny's back as well, which is going to help, and he is. Uh, the Watford game. I can seem to remember them them being one 0 up, and I think Seb was saying that even Seb seven was saying that referee's got a Watford shirt underneath. So don't <laughs> worry. And then we and the, I think it was Lorente and Sonny that scored. And so we were yeah. frust- we were being frustrated, like you know, and, yeah,
1: big time. And yeah. so
2: having players like Ndombele you can just kind of unlock. And and that's, with these kind of games, if you can get a go early, then they have to change. They have to change the way they play, you know. But if if they're yeah. going 50, 60 minutes. And they're still frustrating us. It just plays into their hands, doesn't it? So,
1: no, well, I agree.
2: So, like we've got, like I said, just that, just as 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 my memory with Sonny. I mean, having him back is a massive, massive, massive uh, plus. I mean, he loves he just loves running at defenders. So you know, having him and who'll hopefully be fresh and fingers crossed. We've still yeah. got Ericsson and we've got a fit Kane as well. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them games where, as long as we can get a couple of early goals, it, it'll be. A, it should be a. a a good comfortable win
1: should be a fun afternoon uh, Yeah, should um, be, yeah. Um, so one of the things I've been asked uh, yeah so uh, Newcastle yeah I mean I'm going for us to win yeah, same as too. you yeah, yeah me too okay um, so moving on one of the things I've been asked to do for a couple of times is just give a little uh, rundown of the players we have on out on loan mm-hmm. uh, so for the people who have asked me you'll be delighted to hear I'm going to do that now
0: do you want an update on our players that are out on loan? Good! Because here it is.
1: Okay, um, there isn't really a massive amount of information yet, it's still early in the season, but I can tell you, we have a very small, but a very efficient loan army growing. Um, the the first one is the obvious one is Jack Clark. Jack Clark is at Leeds. Uh, we signed him from Leeds in the summer, loaned him back. Uh, obviously, Leeds are in the championship. Uh, the only news I can give you on this one at the moment is it's a really, really frustrating situation. Uh, Jack went back there on the proviso he was being integrated into the Leeds first team and would get a lot of games in the championship. Jack's not played any time at all in the championship, not played one game, not even making the bench. He got 70 minutes in the League Cup against Salford, um, and that's it. I mean, he did well in the the small cameo, but he's even been playing for Leeds under 23s. Oh, that's not good. Um, there are two rumours about this. One, uh, Leeds are just being asses because he chose to leave. The the other one, which is possibly more believable, I'm afraid, is the young lad uh, annoyed Bielsa with a bit of an attitude change after getting the move, came back a little bit Bertie Big Bollocks, and is being put in his place. Um, unfortunately, I tend to believe that one, um, because our our club has a recall clause, and we're not exercising it, oh. and... I think perhaps Bielsa being very close friends with Pochettino has said he was acting a bit of an ass I'm punishing him and Pochettino's went good yeah that that that
2: (laughs) makes it it does make sense yeah
1: Yeah, it does so I'm gonna gonna keep an eye on that um again those are rumors that's not anything I've been told or anything that's just a couple of rumors that are surrounding but that one seems more probable to me Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so worth, worth keeping an eye on. Uh aloneness going very well is Luke Amos. Luke, who last season was breaking into the first team before a really nasty injury ruled him out for the year. He is with QPR in the championship, and basically, he's starting every game. Um, he's playing brilliantly, Our QPR fans really like him, he's very composed on the ball, using it well. Uh he did pick up a little bit of an injury, came off yesterday, but I'm told it was just a you know a dead leg sort of thing, he's fine. Um so yeah, it's going really well. If you get an opportunity to, to catch any of that or QPR, look out for Luke, he's playing well. Um one that went out on loan despite the rumour being it was gonna be a permanent deal, was Cameron Carter Vickers. Um, around deadline day it, the rumours started circulating that Stoke were looking to buy him for about 5 million quid uh, everyone was kind of like yeah makes sense he's been on loans but he's not been able to break into the first team squad however it then went through as a loan deal for the season um, I've not seen him yet at Stoke I think he has got some minutes but I've actually not been able to pick up anything yet um, he, oh, Stoke played last night but he wasn't there I think he was on the bench I think his time with us is done. Um, It's a little bit sad for me because he was one of the players in the academy I really picked out as I thought was going to really make it. Um, But he's a good central defender. He's definitely championship level central defender and I think could easily be Premier League level. Um, He's a full American international uh, but half English, so he's classed as homegrown as well. Um, I think we will see us sell him. But you know keep keep an eye out for him anyway see how he gets on he's at Stoke at the moment. um the next one Kazia Sterling is in league one with Doncaster. Uh, he's only just gone there and on the day he signed he made the bench for their game that evening uh worth keeping an eye on him Kaz needs to get some goals in in football you know in league football. He's in league one, definitely up to that level in my opinion. So hopefully he'll get some minutes, get some goals. We're, again, another one worth keeping an eye on. Um, Anthony Giorgio is a player you picked out to me when you went to watch the under-23s That's last right. season. Yeah,
2: very impressed me. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's on loan at Ipswich. Played his first game yesterday. And like, much like you, when you caught him in the under-23s, the fans were loving him. Mm. Um, direct running, beating people, whipping in the ball. Uh, he's playing on the wing, uh, which... Kind of suggests to I me mean, that's the position he's he's carved out for himself. The club were trying to look at him as a bit of a left-back, left-wing-back. Um, so I'm not sure what the future holds for him. But he's in League One. He's with Ipswich. If his opening cameo is anything to go by, I think he's going to have a really good time there. Uh, again, keep an eye out because Anthony Giorgio, he's an exciting player. I think Ipswich will really like him. Uh, Another player who's gone out on loan and he's gone to Leighton Orient in League 2 is George Marsh. Um, George is a player who, again, was right on the fringes of the first-team squad and was training with the first-team squad pretty much all of last season. Uh, He's a very talented player, um, a central midfielder, but the reason why the club liked him so much, he was very versatile. He could cover it full-back, both sides. And, And just generally, he... A real good aptitude, a real good attitude. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. It's like this is his opportunity to go and play first team football. It's, it's one of those things like, you know, let's go and see how he does. Um Orient, lead to managed by an expert. Um I think it's Colin Calderwood down there. So, yeah, let's see how he gets on. The last one, for now anyway, I think we are going to loan a couple more out. Also in League 2 at Cambridge United is my boy. Jack Jack rolls and he scores goals. Uh Jack made his debut last night. Cambridge United tweeted, Hey Spurs, this Jack Rolls you've lent us, is he actually a wizard? I think that sums up his debut quite well. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> um the lad's brilliant. Um his opening minutes being on the pitch, League Two football, first senior football, and he hits a shot like you know, blasts one. Uh didn't go in, sadly, but the kid's got confidence belief in his ability he will get chances he will score goals i actually put money on him getting 10 by christmas what
2: did you get with that one sir
1: what odds yeah uh i got it from uh what are they called uh the mob where you just tweet them and say what are the odds on this right um and i got 40 something to one that's not too bad is it no, 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 no! They clearly didn't know who he was. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I, I even tweeted because you know Jack Rolls, he scores goals, and they were like, "Oh, whatever." Whatever. Yeah, like, we're still going to give you forty to one. Yeah, forty to one. And I'm like, yes, that's five pounds. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, there you go. That's the players we have out on loan. Um. I'm going to do a regular update, probably one in every four podcasts. I'll do an update, uh, or if anything you know, it happens to any of them, I'll obviously update it as well. But, yeah, that's, that's what we've got out on loan at the moment. There are a couple of other players who could possibly be going out on loan. I will update this as and when it goes. Obviously, keep an eye on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Spurs News. Any player movement at all, loan transfer, we obviously post it there as soon as we get the information. Uh Speaking of information on players and leaving and stuff, um obviously... Uh George's Kevin Nkudu is <clears throat> pretty much both feet out the door now. He arrived in Istanbul last night in the early hours. He's looking to complete his move to Besiktas today. Good luck to Um 5 million euros is the wow. is the fee being kicked well, have We
2: got to give them 5 million euros or
1: No, no, they're giving us. Wow. <laughs> um See now you made that joke and I, I'm on board with you because uh, he's been awful for us. When I posted the rumour about this yesterday on our Facebook page, there were so many people saying, what's the point of selling him? We should keep him. You you know
2: why? Because of that one cross against Fulham.
1: Is that it? Because I'm I'm at a loss. I remember (laughs) watching that guy pick the ball up and sprint with it off the pitch. (laughs) He he ran it off the pitch. No one was near him. He just (laughs) dribbled the ball off the pitch. Where are you going? Yeah. It's like Sissoko shooting. It's like it went out for a throw-in and Nkudu and dribbled the ball out for a throw-in. I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm all for giving players an opportunity as well, but one of the replies on this post was like, oh, you know, it's so unfair. He wasn't given a chance. You've got to remember, this is Premier League, European Champions League football. This isn't, playground not everybody who shows up to training gets to have some minutes yeah Oh, so oh, Nkudu's mum's been on the phone again. we are not been playing him enough. Come on, he needs to play the next few games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He does, does he? I know. I'll drop Sonny. Yes. Because Nkudu needs some games. Yes. Forget the fact I work with him every day in training and the kid's a lazy git. He deserves minutes. Do you know why? Because Jimmy Bob on Facebook says it's unfair he's not had a chance in the first team. Nah, come on. This is professional sport. Elite. If If the guy was worthy and he was training and showing people what he could do in training, he would get opportunities. Absolutely. He has had so many chances, more than so many other clubs would have given him. Sure. Uh, he hasn't taken him. Uh, I I wish him all the best. Yeah. I don't have any ill will. I no. don't have any choice. It didn't work for him. No. It hasn't worked for us. Absolutely. And the idea that we should retain him. Oh well, we got a small squad anyway. Nah, nah no. He ain't. He doesn't offer anything. He's just drawing a wage and offering nothing. Absolutely. I agree. So, so there you go. Um. So yeah, he's going for five million euros. A few other people pointed out. Oh, we're taking a hit. Um. He's been lunged out. Twice, um, we've got loan fees both times, it comes to about eight million. So, actually, we're getting our money back. So, that dude, madness. Um, another player who looks close to be exiting is Wanyama. Uh, Club Bruges in Belgium have been in for him for about a week. Um, we're asking for 11 million, basically getting our money back that we spent. Uh, Club Bruges are up to about eight or nine. Um, but looks like that deal is going to get done. Uh, the player is keen. The manager at Club Bruges is a player that he played with uh, when he first made his debut in football. Um, so, yeah, it looks like Wanyama could be leaving. Um, his first season with us, he was phenomenal. He was an absolute destroyer. Mm-hmm. And injury has just stopped that. And it has been devastating to see, really, because we all know the player he can be. Yeah. So when we see these little cameos of... Him basically being a shadow of that, it's just sad. It's the same and... as it's the same
2: as Dembele Sam, wasn't it? Same thing happened yeah, with
1: Dembele. Yeah, yeah. Same when Dembele had like really kind of started breaking down, you watch a game with him in, you think, Oh man. It's not <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, this you're you're not the guy right you know and then, then all of a sudden you'd have a rest for a few weeks and come back and play like an absolute world beating game and you'd be like, Yeah, he's back and <laughs> yeah, it's not no, no. um so again with Wan Yama possibly even more, I'd love him to go. I'd love him to go play in a league where it's not as intense, the training's not as intense, and he can really get back and enjoy his football. Yeah. Um, because he seems to such a lovely guy as well. Yeah. Um and if the club are getting 10 million quid for him, whatever the figure happens to be. Considering his service in that first season, he cost us 11 and a bit million quid. He's that first season with us was worth that. You know, he was phenomenal. So yeah, it looks like Wanyam's going. The other player who looks like they're very close to the exit door is Marcus Edwards. Uh, Marcus Edwards has one year left on his current deal. And he's in talks in Italy with Udinese. Um, no idea on a fee or if there's even going to be a fee. Um, from January, he's free to talk to other clubs look. So I think all summer he's been looking at a move. The club have been looking to move him on. Uh, for his career, uh, for his sake, he needs to be playing football. I think he burned his bridges at Tottenham, unfortunately, a couple yeah. of seasons ago. a shame. So, yeah, it's a shame. It, it is a shame. Um, but... There's so much more to making a footballer than just talent. Yeah. Um, you could be the most talented person in the world, but if you're an ass, you know, it doesn't work. And vice versa, you can be the most lovely, wonderful guy in the world, like Ranyama, but if you ain't able to play because of injury constantly, it ain't going to work. Yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah. So, yeah, or you can be Nkudu, who dribbles the ball out of play. Yeah.
2: But he's a lovely That's, guy. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, he, I, I he's got a nice can't, smile.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but he's funny on social media. Yay, let's keep him. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. Um, the only, the flip side, I mean, those players leaving, okay, we're not, unfortunately, um, without wanting to sound disparaging, we're not going to miss them. No. they're They're kind of players that we've not been able to rely on anyway. Um, but the, the, uh, with the window still open in Europe, we are kind of waiting on bids for a number of our players. Uh, from from a very, very good journalists at both the Times and the Telegraph, um, people that I've learned to trust when it comes to their sources, they have said that the club are braced, is the word, for bids for Rose, Ericsson, and Toby and Jan. Mm. Basically, the club are expecting clubs to come in for them the players have obviously had contact we all know that's what goes on um so now we're kind of what the hell are we going to do the signing of Cessignon possibly means if a good money deal comes in for Rose and Rose wants to go the club will probably sanction it um Ericsson we know any bid over 40 million really is probably going to get him Mm. because the club just don't want to lose him for free, and we have signed La Celso. Um Eric, uh, Toby, and Jan's the more interesting one. Um, Jan, up until the start of this season, I thought would just sign a new two-year deal. Yeah, real curveball, Jan, isn't it? Yeah, um, but again, there's a rumor that Ajax are going to come in for both of them. Um, it's, it could just be a mad rumor, but Ajax sold Delict. And apparently they're going to come in for both offering us about thirty million for the two, three. Uh, I, I can't see us doing that. I mean, I think we'd be mad. Um, but the club, of course, are waiting on these things to come in. The European window doesn't close for like a whole other week. I think in Spain it's like the second of September, so we still got a little while of this crap. Do you know what I I, I?
2: I with with Ix. I, I know obviously um, they've left lost a lit so they they need they need yeah. uh, uh, to bolster their centre but if we lost at, at Toby and Yan, that is ripping the heart out of our centre base. Yeah, me. I mean yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, we, we'd we'd struggle so I I'd suggest possibly because of their age and obviously because of their ties with Ajax I'd be inclined if I was Levy to say look leave them alone and then in in the summer we'll, we'll look at doing something you know because like they're, they're I mean, what is Jan? Jan's going to be what 32, 33, Toby's thirty-one. Yeah. Toby's wanted to go for a while, hasn't he? We need to yeah. be—we need to be in a position, I think, where we can we can get money for them, but buy a couple of experienced centre backs. Because as much as I like uh, Sanchez, and I know Foyf's kind of moving more towards right back, they're still inexperienced centre backs. I mean, I know Dyer can play centre back, but it would just—it would literally rip the heart of, out of our defence, and yeah. we, we can't no, afford to let them go.
1: I don't think we can let both of them go. Definitely. I think that would be absolute madness. I I think if money comes in for Toby, I think we might. Um, I think Jan is far more likely to sign a new deal. Mm -hmm. Um, even despite this recent thing, I still think Jan's far more likely. I think Toby's running his contract down. Yeah. Um, but I think if Ajax came in for him, I, I think he'd be tempted to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just me, this is just, that's hyperbole, it's just me guessing. But yeah, according to a couple of very good, um, well-placed journalists with Tottenham, they are aware that they're they're going to be bids for those players. What the club does then, of course, is down to them. I mean, Rhodes has got two years on his deal, so the club could easily just say, no, no, you're not going anywhere this summer, um, look again next summer, but of course... It's no secret, we've been trying to sell him all summer. Good. Yeah. So, is, to me, it feels like if there is an offer, he's going to be gone. Yeah. Um, Ericsson, we know the situation is sad, but it's what it is. Toby, we know the situation is sad, what it is. Jan could be a confusing one, but, you know. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, okay, man, that brings us to the final segment, which is always a mixed bag. It is time for the fan questions.
0: Now it's time for your comments. I'm
1: always nervous doing this. Um, We've got questions from everywhere uh, this week, so I'm going to try and rattle through them. you ready for this? Go for it. Okay, we start on Instagram. I feel like I should have that. Okay, Harry G Court O Three says, "If Ericsson goes, who do we bring in in January?" Question mark. If no one, who replaces him in our team? La Salsa, 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 the magical Mexican sauce. Um that's probably really insulting. I didn't all make that joke. Uh, Spurs News twelve says, Is sun back this weekend? Yes. 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 The forecast says sunny. sunny will be sunny. Uh I Ugerman says KWP. I'm guessing you'd just like to hear us discuss Carl Walker Peters. So me very briefly. I like him. I've rated him for a long time. My argument for two years has been, give him a run of games. He will prove he is our first choice right back.
2: Well, the Chippier exit is—it's done that, hasn't it, really, in a way?
1: Yes. So, yeah. uh, I think the jury is still out for the most fans. That's fine. The kid needs to have a run of games, and then we can all make an informed opinion on whether he can nail that spot or not. Oh, does bring up one more thing I didn't mention in the whole thing. Serge Aurier is trying everything to leave.
2: You love that guy, don't you?
1: No, not <laughs> even a little bit. No, I can't. But he is trying everything. He is personally willing to take a pay cut. He is trying to get out of our club to go play because he wants to play every week. That's fine by me. If someone's willing to pay 50 pence, then <laughs> yeah, good. Off he goes. Uh, Ryan Lewis 19 says, have Victor Wanyama's time at Spurs been a success? His first season phenomenal. Since then, no. Yeah. Uh, Jay Taylor wants us to talk about ticket prices. Okay. That one, that one's for you, I think. Um, what does she want to say? <laughs> well, I'm guessing, uh, is our ticket prices too high? I mean yeah they are pretty but, they're
2: pretty high yeah, with you, right? yeah
1: I mean it's one of those things where we could go into like a massive detail on it and perhaps we'll do a show down the line where we analyse it a little bit but I've got to be honest with you the answer to that is simply yeah it is high <laughs> and but like idiots we're paying it yeah. <laughs> so yeah um, uh, the fan Snow says is coming third in the league high enough for us this season and is that considered success oh man it's early days but what do you think mate
2: yeah I mean look Liverpool Man City I think are going to I mean we, we spoke about it didn't we a couple of podcasts ago what we thought with the top four were going to be Yeah. and oh, God, although I said Liverpool to win it I, because I couldn't see Man City winning three times in a row I'm now yeah. going to change it to Man City are going to win it three times in a row they're just on a different planet <laughs> to everybody else so okay. yeah I mean possibly second but I can't I can't see us uh, finishing above Man City
1: it's difficult because mm. I think between any of us, uh, any of a number of clubs, can make up the top three, top four right now. And the reason why it's so difficult to call is because of injury. Yeah. Um. You imagine uh, Mo Salah and uh, Sadio Mane break their legs, Liverpool are a different team. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like massively, you t- that's taken thirty, forty goals out of them. Mm. Um. You know, you look at Man City. I gotta be honest with you, any of their players break their legs, they just seem to bring a different one off the bench. Yeah, it just yeah. slots in. It's, it's like a damn machine that does not stop. Um <laughs> yeah, how do you break the machine? I don't know. <laughs> I'll work out one day. Maybe um, maybe we on... should do what
2: sorry is maybe we should do what they did in cricket with with their with Australia's machine, just hurt him.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's it, Joffrey Archer, one just is bowling ninety-six <laughs> mile an hour bouncers at Man City. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'd, I'd pay to watch that. I'd pay our high ticket prices to watch that. Uh, Wackford Squeers on Twitter, there's probably something really bad about that name, says, aside from Kane, who would we most miss if they left before that window closes in September? Ooh.
2: Well, out of anybody or out of the ones that are likely to leave?
1: Any Anybody.
2: Yeah. Um. I, I think for me, it would probably be sunny. He, does, yeah. he brings so yeah. much to that team yeah. that I'll miss him so much and not just miss yeah. his football just miss him <laughs> I love him yeah. we all love him don't yeah.
1: we <laughs> I, I want to hug him yeah. Yeah. Um, Thomas T says discuss Lamella it's an interesting one Lamella because in preseason he is a dominant force for us every preseason." <laughs> And then the season starts and he starts and you're going, Oh, he's doing quite well. This is good. But then he inevitably gets injured yep. and it depresses the hell out of me. That it yeah. happens all the damn time. Um, but at the same time, let's just talk about where we are right now. Let's not, you know, try and forecast or foreshadow bad things. Um, yeah, I, I'm impressed with his start to the season. I still fear he doesn't have the pace in transition that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when the ball goes to him, sometimes when I'm on a counter-attack, it like goes to him and the counter-attack just dies. Mm. Um, but he does have the ability to pick a pass. Uh, you know, he's he threaded a few balls, he does stuff, and he loves kicking people. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> he gets it. When we play Arsenal, we play Chelsea, he gets it. He really does and... yeah. You're right. I yeah I um there's something about him that I enjoy having at our football club. He's like he's an asshole and he's our asshole, yeah <laughs> yes yes, um, so going across to Facebook now, um Robert Vassell says we keep hearing our squad isn't good enough, but look at it compared to Liverpool, and I believe it's better. Uh, subjective opinion, but fair enough. Uh, If you take out their front three and they don't have much behind, well, yeah, that's something we just talked about. Um, So why do we always downplay our chances? Is it just keeping expectations down or is it Pochettino keeping his job?
2: Ooh, He's being Tottenham fans. That's what it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, I oh, is it Pochettino just keeping his job? Um, I think has done a very good job over the five years. Given the whole raison d'être for the club was stadium, yeah, <laughs> stadium, sure, stadium, sure. stadium, stadium, stadium. So his job basically during that time was. Just try and keep us competitive. <laughs> um, his job has no changed. He's talked about himself. The project is no different project is now lift trophies. Yeah. Um. So at the end of this season, we can judge how he's doing with that. I think if you judge his five years on the remit, we know he had, he's far exceeded expectations. He's done brilliantly. Um, trying to talk about us downplaying our chances I think the main reason why the media the fans and everybody downplays our chances is because we haven't lifted a trophy in so Mm. long Mm. if last season we'd won the Champions League everyone would be talking about us winning everything this year Um, you know they'd be talking about oh can Tottenham do this can they do this can they win the league this year Uh, you know their squad are winners now you know (laughs) Mm. and it's just that was 90 minutes of football difference you know we didn't play well if we had played well and won the game, we're heroes. We didn't. We're where we are, where it's a bottler tag and all that crap. So, yeah, it's it's a thing. I think this season, the manager has actually said himself, trophies. We're yeah. out to win trophies. Well, Maurice has come and, out and that, said
2: that as well. I mean, today. Yeah, and it, yeah, and
1: it's a big difference. In the past, it's always been, of course we want to win trophies. Of course we want to win stuff. But right now, the priority is this, you know? Um... And I think the players and everybody, the managers, made it abundantly clear. This is project two. You yeah. know, project one was a success. We're now on the two. This is where we need to be. Yeah. Um, ooh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as Step In Stefan, has says, We are loaning out a lot of youth players that I thought might be around the first team this year. Jack Rolls, George Mars, what's your thoughts? Oh, I've done this. Better to get game time in lower leagues or train um, with the first team and play for the under-23s. Um, different players, different things. Some players, for example, you as a manager will want to keep right next to you because you don't want them getting into any bad habits. Oliver Skip, uh, Troy Parrot, Monit Pochino has identified them as players. He wants to mold himself. So he will have them train every day under his supervision They will be there day after day after day. Other players, especially if they're getting a little bit older or perhaps just because you kind of want to see what happens, you send them out on loan because you want to see how they develop. Marcus Edwards is a great example for this. Marcus Edwards in our academy was just head and shoulders above everybody. Every game he played, it was like a man against boys in every age bracket all the way up. He was playing in the under-23s when he was like 17. So he's in the under-18 team, playing that level above. Still looked great. The first opportunity he had to actually ingratiate himself in the first team squad everything like that, it failed. Because yeah. he just wasn't mentally ready. He wasn't mature enough. He wasn't uh, grown up enough to do it. The loan to Norwich, massive fail. Because again, he he wasn't able to do it. He didn't grow up he went to Holland at first really struggling really problematic then it clicked for him and it, it clicks at different ages for different people and it takes different things you know Harry King went out on loads of loans. Ryan Mason did as well uh you know people forget King didn't make his debut for us he was like 22 really and you got Troy Parrott 17 and people are like yeah play him yeah sure So, you know, give me a bit of patience. Every player is different. Every player is unique. But for me, the ones they're sending out on loan, great. Uh, Let them go and prove that they are mature enough and ready to play uh, at a top level. Yeah, sure. Uh, Okay, our last one. Kevin McPherson says, We seem to be letting some key players run their contracts down. Toby, Jan, Ericsson. How are these going to play out? I seriously hope they all sign new deals, not just to keep them at the club, but to re- for our resale value as well. These guys leaving on a free would be a disaster. Um, yeah. I, I don't...
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think age comes into it with Toby, I think, possibly, and maybe yeah. with Jan as well. I mean, what what what, what is Jan? Is he 32, is he now? Yeah,
1: I think so, right so, that, yeah. So he'll
2: be 33 at the end of the... Come next season, and what are you going to really get resale value for a thirty-three-year-old? You know, it's, it's kind of like I know for me, Ericsson's the one where we have to, we've got to get. You know, we can never let Eriksson leave on a free; that'd be absolute disaster. But for me, Yan yeah. and possibly Toby, I don't think it would be as disastrous as it could, as it, as it could be with other players. I,
1: I think weighing it up, um, what is the value of having Toby for this season, playing well, playing yeah. in and around the team? compared to what fee you'd pick up from I think if yeah. someone offered us 25 million plus now I think the club would take it yeah I think if someone's offering us 10 to 15 no, now which keep, is what naturally yeah. someone yeah. I think the, the, the math of that would be no, no his value to us possibly winning a trophy is greater than that
2: mm, I agree uh,
1: um i think the same with uh, super yan i mean i'm still hopeful yan will sign a new deal i mean i i love yan yan is one of the players at the club like you said about sonny yan for me uh, he's phenomenal i'd offer him a 10 year contract including coaching management rights and a directorship <laughs> you know i love the guy so um yeah that's that's from me obviously when it comes to Ericsson, i think uh, like i said any fee really because the thought of him Going for nothing, yeah, but you know, like you said, age wise, the other two you can kind of go, Do you know what? Great service to us for five, six years, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, off mm-hmm. you go mm-hmm. with Ericsson because he's still got six years plus of playing at a top level. If he stays fit, that would be painful, yes, I completely um, agree. And so, which yeah, is why we saying... hate
2: Sol Campbell so much.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, blank it my, out my blank mind, the name out my, my mind kind of <laughs> skipped then it sounded like you mentioned a man uh, a superb manager oh, who yeah. if he was ever given a chance as a manager he'd be he'd be phenomenal yes. he'd be the best manager he's got like yes. the best football brain ever yep
2: absolutely oh, yeah and they scraped oh. they scraped up but in the last game didn't they
1: yeah yeah he's gone <laughs> he's, he's gone. I can start. Um, I can
2: start. I, I don't. I've now gone to not caring how Macclesfield get on every week now. To yeah, previously yeah. wanting him to lose every week, they do what yeah, they like want now. Him to
1: get, <laughs> want them to get thumped yeah. week in week out. Good luck, Macclesfield. Um, yeah. Good luck in your future. Yeah. Yeah, watch him Watch him go and appoint someone else. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, we brought out of retirement, George Graham. You what? <laughs> um. But yeah. So finally, on the last point on the contract thing, I think. It's something the club need to address. Uh, again, this is just my opinion, but Daniel Levy is a control freak, and he has been in control of the stadium bill and everything like that. And because of that, I believe some areas of the football side, the eye, you know, is, the eyes come off the ball a bit. Yeah. And I believe contracts is one of them. I think Ericsson, Toby, and Yan situations should have been dealt with, resolved. Um, whether the resolved meant sold. Which I think Ericsson should have been sold last summer if we had any indication at all if this was going to happen. Unfortunately, I got a feeling his relationship with Pochettino clouded that. Uh, I think the manager has kept saying in press conference, etc. You can trust him. We can trust him. We trust him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. He's now he's now holding all the cards. Yeah. Of course. Um. So yeah, it's it's difficult, but I do believe that Daniel Levy without the stadium project would have had this dealt with whether Christian would have been sold for a hundred million at the start of the summer or um, a new contract would have been signed with a release clause. Cause that's the thing. I mean, he's been offered a new deal, which puts him on pay parity with our top earners and he's just not signing it. Cause it's all about lifestyle, not so yeah, much the money, yeah. but yeah. with none of those clubs coming into him, coming in for him, a solution which a lot of fans have sort of said well why not do this uh, a simple here's your new deal it's for three or four years but there's a release clause for a Spanish club because it's Spain you want to go to yep if they come in for you they can sign you for 50 million yeah
2: yeah
1: You know, if that's all we're going to get for him now, or less, just do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I
1: agree. Why not? Yep. Why not? And if they come in for him, and it has to be a summer window. Yeah. So we don't have that sort of January crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, look. That's. It's all things that are out there. All things that are going on. We just got to crack on. We got Newcastle next. Uh. But mate, me and you, I hope we'll be back next week.
2: Yep. Looking forward to it, mate.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll speak to you again soon. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.